Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic. Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore. This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Hi, welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm Rebecca Kinnestrand, your host. My co-host, Daniel Dadashi, is next to me here, and our guest today is Pastor Mike Anderson of Holy Spirit Lutheran Church. Today, we are going to be talking about suffering, and I don't know if you listeners can hear, but I have a head cold, and I can tell you, (laughs) I've been suffering all weekend and not sleeping, and if anybody has had any small illness like this, they know that it's a bit of a wreck in a life, and of course there's obviously much larger suffering that happens in the world, and one of the one of the big theological questions is if God is good, all good, well, how is that possible? There's so much suffering and what we call evil in the world, and what do we, how do you reconcile that? Um, this is a really big topic. Yeah. Danielle, do you want to start, or we go straight to Pastor Mike? Sure. Because I this, this topic is, scares me. This is probably the the thing that I get asked the most from atheists or spiritual non-religious or people who are seekers. It's yeah. How do you reconcile a loving God with the suffering that we see in this world, with uh, senseless tragedies like? earthquakes and hurricanes with children dying young yeah it it's it's a question and sometimes it's, when the question comes it feels like a challenge and sometimes it feels like a a deep wound from within and they 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 want to know why this is happening in this world well and i definitely have heard you know on podcast um sorry youtube and that sort of thing atheists use this a lot of like I can't believe in a God that would do these specific things, you know, mm-hmm. these terrible diseases and things. And that's the drawing line for people often is mm-hmm. this particular theological question. So Definitely. Yeah. So, Pastor Mike, how do you reconcile <laughs> suffering with a loving God? Thank you so much for inviting me on and for this timely topic. Um, it is a question that I've been asking through my entire career and has been part of my Bible study that I've teach and that I've taught my whole career as well. Um, it's called theodicy, the question of good and evil and why is there evil in the world if God is good and God is powerful. It um, betrays a certain attitude about God that everyone seems to have, that God is all-powerful and has the ability to control evil, right. stop evil, or make it happen. And that's not always the case throughout Scripture. Um, in the early parts of Scripture, the attitude toward God was that God was indeed in control of everything. In the early parts of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, and earlier books in the Bible, there was at that time in history no real concept of Satan, of evil. So early people who wrote the, the Hebrew Bible saw God controlling good things, bad things, and when bad things happen, they had to be for a purpose. So there's a bigger purpose for mm-hmm. suffering that happens. And we've mm-hmm. inherited a little of that attitude yeah. today. Yeah. You hear yeah. people say after the child is, oh. is killed in a car accident that, oh, it's for a bigger purpose. Oh, God, God has a plan. Oh. And it's, 
it's like it doesn't make sense no. that God would claim a child for a bigger purpose. Oh. So the Hebrew people uh, got frustrated with that answer too. So they came to the point of asking the same question. If God is good, what can justify these horrible things that happen? And so in time, in the Bible, um, as we get closer to the time of Jesus, about 200 years before the birth of Jesus, the Hebrew people came up with the idea, um, kind of influenced by other Mesopotamian religions, that there is an evil power out there too, competing with God. Right. And this evil power, which became known as satanic power, brings evil into the world. And so there's a battle between good and evil. And ultimately, in time, God will prevail over evil. And there will be a great apocalyptic struggle between good and evil. And finally, good will triumph. But in the meantime, we have small apocalyptic moments of, yeah. of struggle and evil. Um, as you can see, it's evolving. Mm -hmm. How yeah. do we understand evil? God controls all evil. The Hebrew people, no, you know, that doesn't make sense. Well, there must be an evil power out there as well. And in time, God will defeat the evil power and just, you know, conquer it like an army conquers another army. I am uh -huh. um, dissatisfied with those answers, too. I, over the years, have come to understand God as dealing with evil in a way that I don't hear very often. Um, because, again, we hearken back to these earlier understandings of who God is. That God controls everything. And then when there's evil, God uses for a bigger purpose. Well, through a personal experience, I came to understand what Martin Luther used to call the theology of the cross. Let me explain. Um, when I was in my 20s, uh, in graduate school, I ended up in the emergency room of a hospital. I had a bleeding ulcer. And I was in my apartment by myself when this happened. I I called a cab, actually, not 911. I called a cab, and the cab took me down to St. Paul Ramsey Hospital. And there, I was very, very sick, and blood was coming up. And I remember sitting on a chair with blood coming out and a nurse holding my head as they got the gurney ready and all the tubes ready. She just held my head and let me be sick. I could tell that she was going into my pain. She was feeling my pain. She was there with me, powerfully with me. And there was something holy about her presence with me. I, I didn't know her name. She chose to be afraid with me. And I think that was the beginning of my healing. Um, they did all the tubes and all I had surgery. And they did all that to make me physically well. But she went into my darkest place. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we were studying the Gospel of Mark, which ends with um, Jesus crucified and the women at the tomb and doesn't have a story of the resurrection, just a story of Jesus dying. That was really surprising to me when I was learning about Mark. I, yeah. I didn't realize the resurrection wasn't... I thought it was in all the Gospels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There were some you know, people who added a resurrection story later, but the original Mark did not include that because he was focused on this theology of the cross. What God does about suffering in the world is like what that nurse did for me. That God goes into this dark place with us. And there's something salvific, something of salvation, something holy about someone who goes into a darkness with you. 
And that's how I've come to understand God's presence in this world. I personally don't believe in and I don't care for a God who is a puppeteer up in the sky who will respond to some people's prayers with an answer and other people's prayers um, with a no. And I, I believe in a God who cares about us so much that God would come down and be with us in that darkest moment like that nurse was with me. And that's about enough for me. Mm-hmm. If there's a divine power and presence in this universe, and I believe there is, I believe that power and presence chooses to go into my personal dark space. And most profoundly, that dark place when I die. And mm-hmm. I will not be alone. Mm-hmm. No one else will be with me. That nurse will not be with me. My family will not be with me as I enter that dark tunnel. But I believe God will be there. And I think that's what Jesus was doing when Jesus went to the cross. It wasn't so much about Jesus paying for our sins because mm. God is so angry that he wants to punish us. Yeah, I, think whole, yeah. it, I think it is God dealing with suffering. That, yes, there is suffering in the world and I go into it with you. You are not alone. But why... Uh, maybe you've answered this, but why is there suffering? Why? That's a question that I don't even ask anymore. Hmm. The reality is there is suffering. Hmm. Why do I need to ask that question? Why there is suffering? That very I think question. We want to like fix it. We're like root cause exactly. people. If yeah. I find the root cause, then we can get rid of the root cause and you know, pull the weed out and suffering is yeah. gone. And it, Or it's like if God created everything, well then God created suffering. Yeah. yeah. I don't go there. Mm. I choose not to ask that question anymore because I don't think there is an answer. Mm. There is suffering in the world. That's a reality. It's all around us. It's how we then cope with the suffering. And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Or what's your attitude towards it? Suffering is not something God uses to um, punish us or to create a greater purpose. There is suffering in this world, and it's painful, and it's hard, and it's it's unjustified, completely unjustified. There just is evil in this world. So my response to it is to trust a God who goes into that with us mm-hmm. and is not alone. So we're not alone in the midst of that darkness. People can make holes and challenges to that theology, of course. Sure. I'm just sharing my perspective that I've asked the question why for too many years <laughs> and I have not found an adequate answer. So I stop asking that question and instead think about a kind of divine presence that will experience that craziness with us. Yeah, and I can I can see though... I can absolutely see both sides that you can either say, I'm going to stop asking the question. I still believe in a divine power and I'm going to go, you know, into the dark, understand this, going into the darkness. But I can also see people saying, I, I can't believe that. You know, I can, I can see that. Yes. That is a valid point. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have another Another thing that came up within me when you were talking, and I got a little bit teary actually because I think of my children and when they're hurting and when they're sick or 
um, in pain in some way, and I'm always, you know, I run to them, and I am not, I'm not holding their hand, I'm holding their whole bodies, and I'm, I feel, I don't, I feel their pain like they are having it, and it's not only that, you know, so I'm like the godlike figure in that scenario to them, but I know more so that they're feeling it, you know, it's, um, it's a two-way process I'm getting something out of it too and it is really divine it is just and me the most meaningful thing ever to take us so the suffering of somebody onto yourself that's kind of what I feel I kiss the boo-boos <laughs> and I hold the you know I stroke the hair and all of all of that and that's where my personal experience comes from from going into people's pain that's very close to what I'm trying to say about theology of the cross that that's what God does too. That God chooses to go into that place with us. Mm-hmm. There's a story from Ellie Wiesel who um, writes about the Holocaust. And mm. that, of course, has been a topic that has tremendously challenged um, religion, um, mm-hmm. theology of an all-powerful God. And the scene is of a, a child who is being executed. And all the prisoners are made to watch um, this happen. And one prisoner asks, where is God in this? And the prisoner behind says, God is there. God is on the scaffold with the child. Mm. And that was part of my awakening, too, to a different understanding of suffering and God and God's presence in the world. Um, And it, it is where I have grown, and I completely understand how people would choose not to trust or believe a God like that. They want a God who can fix everything for them. Mm-hmm. And if they have a, a, a magic way of, or a, a holy way or a, a divine way of prayer or appeal to God and can kind of manipulate God to do their will, I can understand that side too. Um, but I think there's always going to be disappointment when you um, pray hard and something doesn't happen the way you want it to happen. Yes. It, it almost sounds like you're describing the difference between the kind of faith we have as children, almost seeing God as... Um, Mommy will fix it. Exactly, a little right. magic wand, and then growing into a mature faith that's complex and doesn't have answers. It has more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really refreshing view. I, I love hearing that kind of Christianity and that kind of theology well one thing is is not thinking that oh well it says here and this is the way it goes you know mm-hmm. I, I like this is what challenging Christianity podcast is about um, asking really hard questions and this is a really tough theological question mm-hmm. I'd like to hear from the listeners um, go to challenging Christianity podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think about this and what your experience of suffering has been and how that's challenged your faith or not, um, tell us what you think. Thanks for joining us, and listen to us next time.